morning. Well, it's great to have you. That's a lot of connecting that's happening there. Glad you're with us this morning as we uh, get together later this afternoon for a baptism. Hope you can join us there like Jeremy has just shared with us. So yesterday, over here in the D building, we were having the reception for the homegoing celebration of Dick Givens, who had been a member here for many, many years. And in the hallway here, we had a whole bunch of food that people had enjoyed, but the reception was coming to an end, and there was still long tables of leftover food, and there was three guys standing here at the end. It was time to clean up, and I believe it was you, Gail, looked at it and said, wow, I don't even know where to start. Just like a man, I have no idea where to start. And I, I felt his pain because I've often been in those situations where the, there is so much that's like, I don't know where to start. When I walk into my garage, I kind of walk out there and I go, I don't know where to start. It's just easier to walk back inside. Well, sometimes because we have been a church for so long and there are so many different programs it's easy to get overwhelmed with everything going on and go, uh, I don't know where to start. And, and clutter can almost produce paralysis. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's because there's so much to do, you don't do it, you just kind of get stuck. And so very simply this morning, here's our goal. Uh, I'm going to try to sort through all the clutter of Christian Family Chapel, founded in Scripture, because like Jeremy declared, uh, what marks us as a church, first and foremost, is our commitment to the Word of God. We are determined, as best as we possibly can, to be a ministry that has everything that we do rooted in the Scriptures. The result has been a lot of stuff, and sometimes we just need to step back set the biblical foundation, and get some clarity that will help us to move from paralysis to some strategic action individually as you relate to the body of Christ here. So if you have a copy of the scriptures with you, we're going to detour this morning from Hebrews 11 and our series of looking at characters from Hebrews 11, and instead talk about by faith we're attaining, or we're seeking to attain something. That specific word comes from Ephesians 4. So turn to Ephesians 4 if you have a copy in the scriptures. And, and we're going to look this morning at scriptures that have been core to this ministry from its beginnings. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11, says this, And he... That is Christ, who is the head of our church, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. So there, there are gifts that Christ as our head has given to individuals in our body, but they have a very specific purpose. It says, for what purpose in your text, if you have it open there, Ephesians 4, for what purpose? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Your Bible may say, uh, for the preparing of the saints. So, so there is 
a reason that God has given these gifts, and it's for the, for the purpose of equipping of the saints, that is, those of you who are born again, you are a child of God, and you're a part of this church. It's to equip you for works of service for this reason, to the building up of the body of Christ. The reason God has given gifts is that those gifts would be used for equipping, though that when you're equipped in your service, the body of Christ would be built up. For this long-range goal, verse 13 now is going to give the bullseye that we are seeking to attain to. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, when I read the scriptures, sometimes there are so many words, it's, it's helpful for me to go, all right, let me try to diagram this. What's the flow of thought? So here's the flow of thought from all the words we just read, at least as I understand it. In verse 12, it says, there is a baseline of equipping of the saints for the purpose that saints would be equipped to serve, to, to share, to work, so that the body would be built up. And that's all for the purpose of attaining something. Attaining what? Well, it's said to attain three specific goals until we all attain to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, and to maturity in Christ. So, very simply, we are all on a journey. The bullseye of the journey out there is what verse 13 said, the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, are any of us there yet? No. That's, we are attaining to unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the maturity of Christ. Because that is our goal, and this is the process, we take those scriptures and we develop what we simply call a purpose or a mission statement of how we're going to make disciples here at CFC. And we use seven words. Growing. Because until we all attain. So this is a process. We're all intended to be growing. Growing, fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers. That's simply a reflection of saying to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, Ephesians 4.13. So uh, what I want you to understand is you look at your message memo and, and that unusual looking chart on it. We, did, we do not read our scriptures and then lay them aside and say, all right, what's going to mark us as a church? Let's define, you know, what's CFC's niche? That's not at all what we do. What we've done is said, let's take the scriptures and let's see what does the scripture say is our purpose, what's our goal, and how do we get there? With the scriptures open, we have identified essentially three threes. Here's what I mean. 
In this process of growing fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers, there are three threes. First, there are three steps in the journey. We talk here at the chapel about everyone being, well, we don't talk about it here at the chapel. The scripture declares that we are born dead in our sins. And there is a need for, watch, a step to be raised up. To go from the coffin, dead in our sins, to the crib, a child of God. There's a second step needed. To then go from the crib to the table, which is to grow up. To grow from being totally dependent on others, to feed, to clean, to provide, to becoming a mutual relationship with one another. Where I not only listen to you, I speak to you. I not only help you, you help me. I not only pray for you, you pray for me. There is mutual relationship like is intended to happen around a table. Third step, to move from the table to simply what we call the stove. That is to get up and begin to invest my life in others as people have invested their life in me as a growing disciple. So if we're going to grow fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers, three steps. What are they? Be raised up, to grow up, and to get up. Every single one of us here this morning are in that process right there. We have a, we have a need either to be raised up, to grow up, or to get up. So that's the first of three threes, raised up, grow up, get up. Second of three threes. For that to happen, when we look at the scriptures, there are three essentials that surround that process. There is a, an essential to connect relationally. In other words, you will never grow to maturity in Christ in isolation. God has made us relational people. So there is a, an essential to connect relationally. Second, there's an essential to be equipped biblically. The Word of God absolutely must be a part of forming and shaping these hearts and minds if we're going to grow into the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, if we're going to be growing fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers. The third essential is as we connect relationally and are equipped biblically that we would become, watch, the instruments through which Christ would impact this church, this community, this world. To simply hang out together and study the Bible and never invest ourselves in others is not to be Christ-like. So when we look at the scriptures, if we're going to see people be raised up and grow up and get up, then there must be a commitment to connect relationally, be equipped biblically so that they can make an impact locally and globally. Okay, you see, that's the second of the three threes, connect, equip, impact. The third of the three threes is that we would impact in three very specific ways. And this will make sense if you understood these three. That our impact would be to reach the lost so that they would be raised up. That we would invest in the 
children of God that they would grow up and that we would take those who have grown up and equip them to get up. That's how we make an impact in the body, locally, and globally by reaching out to the lost, building the believer, and training disciple makers. So you see how it all works together? I hope this is very clear. We, we didn't conceive of this. We studied the scripture, and the scripture says, here's your goal. Here's the process. The goal, fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers. Process, be raised up, grow up, get up. How? By being relationally connected, biblically equipped, so that you can make an impact. I hope that's really clear to you. Now, here, here's the deal. Uh, We have a garage full of stuff, what we often call programs at the chapel, that are intended to make that happen. But sometimes, because we don't understand the three threes, it all gets piled together and we can't sort it out. So my goal this morning is, having laid that biblical foundation, is for you to understand what is available to you at this point in your journey. Because I could give the same talk six months from now, and it would have the same biblical foundation, but because you're at a new place in your journey, and you might find that your application within the scope of our ministry is different. So I want you to listen for now, where you are spiritually, where you are relationally, what would help you take a next step in these essentials of connecting, equipped, and for impact? Let's start with this essential of connecting. For some, not for all, the easiest place to connect is on Sunday morning. And I don't mean in the few seconds that Jeremy said, turn around and introduce. That's a, that's a great time to go, okay, it's been the fourth Sunday you've told me your name. I think I now know your name. Uh, that's kind of, or I sit at the same place and you sit at the same place, so I meet you every Sunday. That's, that's not what we mean. That's a first step, but there is an opportunity to connect on Sunday morning for many folks who say, I'm already here for an hour for the worship service. What else can I do on Sunday while I'm here? Maybe my kids are here with me. While I'm already here, I drove across town. How can I get to know other people relationally? A couple opportunities on Sunday morning. First, what we call adult fellowships. They happen at 930 and 11. So right in this building, in the D building, there are some adult fellowships happening. If you've been at the chapel for a number of years, they are different than what they used to be. It used to be that an adult fellowship was another what traditionally would be understood as a Sunday school class. There was another studying another book of the Bible, studying another topic, and so there would be a second study. That is not what adult fellowships are at this point at CFC. Adult fellowships are this. Those who are in that room or in these rooms next door are, we're here at 8 o'clock. And they heard a sermon and they said, we don't want to go hear another 
lecture or another Bible study. We just had one. We want to sit around some tables, get to know some people, and talk about understanding and application of the truth that's already been taught to us. We don't want to hear another lecture. We want to connect relationally, but around the scripture for understanding and application. So if you're in this second hour, you could stay an extra hour and say, wow, I'd like to get to know some folks and not just sit around and have coffee, but actually talk about application. Like one of our guys said, I walk out of a message and I have so many things on my mind from the message, I'd like to just kind of talk about with other folks. Some of you already do that in your lunch settings. This simply is an opportunity for you. You could do this next hour. It's a time to relationally connect with other adults in the body. We have at next hour a college fellowship because, no offense, but most college kids don't want to hang out with some of the other older people here, or more seasoned people around here. <laughs> they, they want to connect with other college students. So we have college at 11. And we have, like Jeremy talked about, our young professionals that he's a part of at 11 o'clock. We have at 11 o'clock as well young families, meaning those who have kids. And this is an opportunity not only for those who are married with kids, but those who are single with kids. An opportunity for you to come around, get to know other people, and to find out that, wow, life's hard for you. Your kids do that. Man, isn't that just good news sometimes? Your kids do that. Phew, I just thought it was my kids. That's sometimes refreshing. And so you have an opportunity to connect, again, around truth, but it is specific to that season of life. And then, like we have a baptism today, an opportunity for you to meet other folks in a different setting. Uh, Folks have said, I thought it was flip-flop Sunday, Doug. Why aren't you wearing flip-flops? If you want to see my feet, you have to come to the baptism. Because I was like, I don't really, it just felt weird to wear flip-flops up here. Anyway, so we got lunch on the lawn on October 9th. And we picked that date for very, very spiritual. Well, lunch on the lawn simply means after service is over, instead of us scattering for lunch, let's hang out together here for lunch. And we picked this date for very spiritual reasons. It's the Jaguar by date. That's the reason. Because sometimes we get Jesus and Jaguars confused. And so... We had to pick the Jaguar date where we could hang out together for lunch. So that's coming up October 9th. An easy way to get connected. Now, as one guy said and then tried to get it back, but he couldn't quite get it back, he said, no, I just like to come and get it out of the way. You may go, no, I just want, I want to come to Sunday morning. I want to be a part of the, the, the worship and the teaching time, but then I want to go home and enjoy the rest of my day. You, you, you want to connect some other time. Well, we have connecting beyond Sunday morning. There are primarily family groups throughout the week, and you can choose according to the group, the age or season that you want to connect with. Or you may say, well, where is a group that meets near where I live, or 
When do they meet? Because this time frame fits me. So family groups are formed by any of those fashions right there. Who, where, or when. Oftentimes, this is a fun connection because it's not always, but often in a home. And a home is just a different feel than a church classroom, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and so we try to have them in homes. Now, what we understand is for families who have young children, doing it in the home is difficult and babysitting is difficult. So we do have family groups who meet here on Sunday evenings and have child care provided. So if that would help you connect on a non-Sunday morning time, then you could look into that. We have dinners of eight, men's breakfast on Saturday mornings once a month, men's, moms encouraging, mothers encouraging, mothers amazing grays. Uh, that's, as you can imagine, older folks encouraging older folks. And then something new this fall for our military. And it says thriving, not surviving. That's missing a word, actually. It should be thriving, not just surviving, because we would like to survive. <laughs> Thriving. Well, I'm thriving. I'm not surviving, but I'm thriving. It's thriving, not just surviving. And so it is a specific connection opportunity for those who have the common, unique experience of a spouse in the military. Now, I hope you, you feel a little bit of the clutter in the garage now. You know what I mean? Here's, here's why so much stuff. We could pick one and say only one, but the reality is when you look around at CFC, there's wide ranges of age groups and seasons of life and circumstances and life that one size does not fit all. And we, we really, really, quite frankly, we really debated saying, let's just blow it all up and say, this is what... This is our one connection. That would be really, really clear. We got one box in the garage called Connecting. Except that serves us, not you. So it feels a little cluttery. But it's intended because, regrettably, when people think about church, they often think, well, the church wants something from me. And I hope you'll hear very clear the this morning, Christian Family Chapel wants something for you. We want something for you relationally. And so when we talk about connecting, we're not simply saying, hey, for you, for, for you who like people <laughs> and like to hang out, or for you who like socials, here's some opportunities for you. It's not what we're saying. Listen very carefully. What we're saying is this. When we look at the Scripture, it defines the purpose our goal, that you would be mature in Christ, and you cannot become mature in Christ apart from relationships. You you can't apart from relationships. So it's an essential, not an elective, it's an essential. Now, you get to choose whether you will, obviously, and how you will. We simply want something for you. We want you to experience life as Christ intended you to experience life. And that happens in the context of relationship. 
And let's acknowledge something. Some of you may go, I still don't have a way that I feel like I can connect and talk with us, help us initiate. But why is this happening? Thriving, not just surviving. Why is that happening? Because we have a lot of military folks who are going, uh, I'm not surviving, let alone thriving. There's, there's common struggle that we can share together. You with me? So if there's not something that connects, helps you connect, then help us because we want something for you in relationship. Lots of stuff here. The key to thriving relationships in the body of Christ is rooted in a, in a commitment to invite and to welcome. To invite and to welcome. Great conversation. It sounds weird, but before the 8 o'clock service, I'm in the men's room over in the A building, and this guy is... It's changing because he had been just become part of the usher team. He said, man, I, I, Doug, I, just, I just love the chapel. We are so excited here. We experience life, and we experience the Spirit of God here. We just can't stop telling people about it. I thought, that, that's, that's a reflection. When you're experiencing life, you want other people to experience it with you. Except, except if you're afraid other people are going to mess it up. Sometimes church people don't want to invite other people in because they're going to mess it up. I got my group. And you're welcome to come as long as you find your group. Because I don't want you messing up my group. I had to come find my group. It's your turn. That is, Folks, you, I hope you appreciate it. That's not the spirit of Christ at all. Life, thriving life, relationships in the body of Christ is come and join me. And when I see you and I don't know you, I welcome you. We could do better at that. I said that a couple weeks ago to you. I say it to you again. We could do better. I know you tell me, man, I love this place. <laughs> really? Have you invited it? Well, I don't I might mess it up. A number of years back, I had a bunch of people come and say, man, we love, we love this place. It's just such an a, a intimate, small place. And I finally said, look, if all you people come here because it's a small place, it's not going to be that anymore. But we can, watch, we can keep it relationally small if we recognize Connection's not really going to happen in a big gathering. We've even kept it small by having two auditoriums instead of one big one. That was intentional. Stewardship and relationally intentional. But we want, we want you to be able to connect. So, every Sunday it's true. It's true again this morning. In fact, we have what we're calling that ministry fair out there. All the things I talked about plus more are around this gazebo out there. Go out and find out if you're not connected, how you might get connected. 
Second essential. If we're going to grow fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers, relationally collected, connected, biblically equipped. In other words, the Word of God has to be preparing us. So we want to equip you biblically. This is for you, helping you as believers be built up and to be trained to be disciple makers. So we think in three categories here again, how we can establish you in your faith, how we can help you in your faith and helping you, meaning there's one thing to be established in our understanding of our faith. There is another thing to be able to take the truth of the Word of God and apply it to the unique circumstances and seasons of your life now. And oftentimes, people get derailed in their faith because... They're not able to take the word of God and connect it to what's happening in life right then. And so they kind of get blown up or they fade away. They can't connect it to their marriage. They can't connect it to their parenting. They can't connect it to their singleness. They can't connect it to their divorce. How do I now live as a divorced person? How do I live as a single person? How do I live as a single parent? See, the Word of God speaks to every season of life and every circumstance of life. But if you're not biblically equipped, then you won't be able to connect those dots and your faith will falter. And so our commitment is to not only establish you, but to help you and then to train you. In other words, how is it that you have grown in your faith that you might now, having people invested in you, you begin to invest in others to help them be raised up, grow up, and get up. So that's our training you. So let me invite Matt Russell, who is our pastor of equipping, to come up and give some specifics about how you might be equipped biblically this fall. Yeah. Thank you. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. Um, I want to let you know that we have a number of classes that are going to be offered this fall and don't look there yet, but you can find them in your bulletin. There should be a bulletin insert, and there's a brief description and a longer description online. And a lot of those classes we've offered before. I want to bring your attention to a few that are new for the coming fall. I also want you to recognize when you look at those, um, there are uh, two primary start dates. We start on uh, September 7th and September 11th, Wednesday and Sunday, respectively. But there are some other classes that start later in the semester because they're a little shorter and they come after some of the classes that begin. So one of the classes I want to bring your attention to is grasping God's word. Would you like to have some skills to be able to apply in your personal Bible reading? You know, do you uh, really understand this passage of scripture that you're reading or do you find that you retreat to whatever you've ever been taught about a topic or a particular passage? Do you often retreat to Christian cliche? You know, there's lots of them, lots of sayings we have in the Christian church that might not be specifically biblical. I'm being told to move this direction. I don't necessarily want to be close to Doug, Um, but it's not bad. Um, And so maybe you find yourself realizing as you think about the way you understand the word of God that you struggle to understand it. You know, a lot of Christians struggle to understand what the Bible says. And then because of that, they stop reading in frustration. 
But we don't believe God is trying to hide himself. God is revealing himself in the scriptures. And so this class is meant to teach you how to accurately and carefully read the word so that you can put it into practice in your life. We also have uh, opportunities on Wednesday nights. This is a Sunday morning class. We also have opportunities on Wednesday nights. One of them is single and parenting. Being a parent is hard. Being a parent and being single is that much harder. And so we believe that we have a class that's very effective at helping you learn some wisdom about what it is to parent as a single person. And you also have the opportunity then to learn not only that wisdom, but though you may be single, you're not alone in your parenting. And that is huge. And then we have a class that will begin on Wednesday night's New Testament survey, part one. Richard Powell will be teaching the Gospels and Acts on Wednesday nights. And the idea here is that you would understand um, what the uniquenesses of those Gospels are, uh, the unique uh, audience that they were written to and their purpose, and then also see how they coincide and they hold together to lay a foundation for the rest of the New Testament. And so we hope you'll take some time for that. We also have a men's discipleship, new men's discipleship and women's discipleship opportunity that you can find out about at the um, gazebo. And gentlemen, if you'll come to the breakfast this coming Saturday, you'll hear more about that. When, when Matt talks about all these different classes, understand, seven on Sunday morning, eight on Wednesday night, but I'm confident you can get to all 15 of them this fall. <laughs> now, again, that, that can feel clutter. Don't feel the clutter. See the intentionality. Establish you in your faith. Help you in your faith. Train you in your faith. That pick one, not a bunch of, pick one that you would say, that is how I could take a next step in growing up or getting up in my faith. So there is, this is where you would find out about connection. Every Sunday, there's an opportunity to find out about equipping classes. And I want to acknowledge, when it comes to this, to equipping, quite frankly, this is increasingly one of the distinctions of Christian Family Chapel in our culture. If you look at the typical church that is growing in our day, you'll find they do two things. They gather for a big service and they divide for small group relationship. And obviously, I am fully convinced that the scripture encourages us in both of those. The missing element is this. Where in that context will the scriptures renew our mind so that we are transformed and not conformed to this world? See, the the bill, I am convinced, is coming due in America because of a church's lack of commitment to say we are going to elevate the equipping biblically of their people from the scriptures. Not just on a Sunday morning. Obviously, I do as much as I can on a Sunday morning to equip you from the scriptures. But if there is no other context where you're, the scripture is renewing your mind so that you are being transformed... 
then the scripture says you're going to be conformed and we're going to lose our saltiness. We're going to lose our influence in this culture. I recognize life is full and it comes down to minutes. It takes minutes to be involved in a gathering. It takes minutes to be connected relationally. It takes minutes to be equipped biblically. I understand that. And so that's why I'm trying to sort out all of the options, sort out all the clutter for you, and help you be strategic in where you would invest your minutes. But we as a leadership cannot in good conscience join the growing church trend to abandon biblical training. Because if we do, where will the church be five years from now? 10 years from now in terms of being salt and light in this culture. We must have our minds renewed so that our lives are transformed or we're going to be fuzzy on truth. And if there's something that's true about our culture, it's fuzzy on truth. And the church is on a fast track to joining them in being fuzzy in truth. So I know it's more minutes. It is. It's more minutes. I could try and spin it for you differently, but it's more minutes. No other way to become mature in Christ than to be minutes connecting relationally and minutes being equipped biblically for a purpose. Watch this. We, uh, we tried to visualize this in an important way, that as we move in our journey of raised up, grow up, get up, we must connect relationally and be equipped biblically because, watch, this positions us for impact relationally because you don't make an impact apart from relationships. This positions us for impact and this prepares us biblically for impact. If you are connected but not equipped, hey, you may be a person that has lots of relationships, but you're not making any impact because you don't have truth that transforms. Or if you have a zillion Bible studies and you're very equipped, but you're not connected relationally in any way, then you don't have any context for that truth to bring about transformation. So this positions us, this prepares us for impact. By that, we simply mean investing our lives and our resources in making disciples, both locally and globally. So locally, we can make an impact, obviously, in this body. There are lots of folks who serve in this body, and in doing so, they're impacting. They're impacting you. They're impacting your teenagers. They're impacting your kids, they're impacting your marriage, they're impacting your family, they're impacting you in your season of life. Why? Because they are serving in some form or fashion. Specific then beyond this body is that we would be able to impact in the community. Within this body, we have three particular needs right now. There's always all sorts. But here, we have some needs in our children's ministry, our Wednesday night programming, Truth Quest, and some of our younger ages. 
in our high school and college ministry. We need some folks who will say, I'll invest some minutes in impacting high schoolers and college students. You know what's hard about college ministry? A party doesn't start till 10. That's a challenge. But we can't abandon ministry to college. And then just some of our campus setup needs. There's a lot of folks who show up before church starts, stay around after church is long over, and serve you, serve us in that way. Here's what Peter wrote. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In other words, there's not a single man or woman here this morning who is born again in Christ and not received a special gift. If you're born again, you've received a gift from God. For what purpose? (laughs) For serving one another. There's all sorts of realms, so don't get locked into this. If you're going, none of those really float my boat, then go by the impact gazebo and tell people what float your boat, and they'll find a way that you can take the gift that God has given you and use it in serving one another. But there is no such thing as, there, there should be no such thing as unemployment in the local church. And I don't mean occupationally. I mean service-wise. We, we have a responsibility, if you listen there, as stewards of the manifold grace of God. In other words, God has extended grace to us. Grace in saving us, grace in indwelling us, grace in gifting us. And when we take his mercy and grace of forgiveness and indwelling and gifting and don't serve others, we are not stewarding his grace. And so I know I'm speaking maybe very directly to some of you who are not serving in any capacity ever. This is very direct. You are outside the will of God. You're outside it. Whoever has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If we're going to be growing, relationally connected, biblically equipped, and making an impact. You can't be like Jesus, mature in Christ, and not be impacting other people in some way. And then there's the impact in our community. A bunch of events coming up about how we can impact this community as we help seniors, as we help folks who literally occupationally need help, as we reach out to the apartments next door on Halloween. They come for candy, and we have an opportunity to give them so much more. For the nursing care facilities all around us, as we stand for life in the 40 Days of Life campaign, as our Community Impact Committee helps us remain aware as citizens of how we might be salt and light politically. There's all sorts of ways. There are so many partnerships 
that Christian Family Chapel has with ministries meeting felt needs of our community. I couldn't possibly name them. But God has placed us here. And he's placed his spirit into our hearts that we would make a difference in this community. And so, again, you don't see something that strikes you here? Then what has God put on your heart? What are you burdened for about the needs in our community? And say, how can I connect? Because I promise you there are ways that you can make an impact. Here's an idea that we are wrestling with. you like power-up clubs? Wow, four of you do. Okay. No, I know better than that. You, you, what, one of the things people love from the chapel and in the community about power-up clubs is it's not a come and see, it's a go and tell. So we have asked ourselves, if we can go and tell, take VBS and turn it upside down and says, saying people come here, why don't we go there? We said, how can we do that on an adult level? And so looking at the felt needs of our community, our commitment would be to say we would take the truth of the scriptures that does transform, and instead of, as we have for years, offered community classes here, what if we said, we'll take it to your community, wherever you live, and offer truth, transforming truth seminars in community places? For example, already talking to some folks, but we'd love to get more folks involved, is a monthly seminar down in Jolita Creek Plantation, not hosting it here at church, actually using their clubhouse and doing, whether it's parenting or marriage or finances or health issues, we can take the truth of the scriptures and take it there. I think your involvement at CFC is a reflection that you have confidence that we would bring good truth, yes? What would we need you to do? Invite people right? We would, we would say, hey, you might be uncomfortable down in St. John's County, down in 210, over in Orange Park, and we're going, hey, we have a great class way across the city, across the bridge. That often doesn't happen. But if you said, hey, we're Friday night at the clubhouse, there's a marriage seminar, why don't you come with us and we'll have dessert afterwards, have dinner, and then you would invite. So that's the idea. We are prepared to do the work of bringing in the content. If you will say to us, we're prepared to invite the people. Because it doesn't do any good to show up with the content and nobody comes. And it doesn't do any good if you bring all the people and then we don't bring any content. So it's a partnership that we think we could take the Power Up Club idea and meet felt needs of our adult community. If you have energy toward that idea, you ought to go by the impact gazebo and say, hey, I'd like to get on board with that. Do you know what our Hope Center is? It's our biblical counseling. It's right here on the street. It has a big sign out. What you might not know is this. We offer 100 hours a week to our church and community in free counsel. 100 hours every week. That's currently what we're offering. 44% of those 100 hours are counseling from those from our community, not Christian Family Chapel folks. It's being done by 24 trained counselors, and here's the coolest part. Only four of those are on staff. 20 of our trained counselors 
are not staff members, men and women who have been trained and certified. They have passed counseling and theology exams, and they have gone through 50 hours of observation. There's certification that they are offering 100 hours a week to our community. Do you know what? We still have a wait list. It sounds crazy to me. As we think about, man, how do we touch this community? We have a community who is standing in line saying, put our name, like, not on the list for Outback, but on the list for the Hope Center. If you'll provide us a counselor, we would like biblical counsel. That's crazy. You know why it's crazy? is because they're asking us for something that we ought to bring to our community. And you know why they're on the wait list? Because we don't have enough trained counselors. And the answer isn't hiring full-time staff. The answer is equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry for the building up of the body. Does that sound familiar? So, very frankly, we have men and women counselors. We need more male counselors because we don't do marriage counseling with just a female counselor. Where there's marriage counseling, there is a couple, a man and a woman, not always married, but a man and a woman who are involved in that process. Men, you may go, I don't want to work with kids. I don't want to work with high schoolers. Great. Would you invest the hours? I know it's minutes again. Invest the hours to getting the training, doing the exams, being observed so that you can be a part of touching this community. Global impact. We have 25 commended missionaries here at the chapel. In other words, folks who are a part of this church who have said, I want to be used of the Lord to extend the gospel and to build the church around the world, not just this community. So I don't know if you have one of these. If you don't, it's simply a a notebook that highlights our 25 commended missionaries, their calling, what they do, and how you can partner with them. It's a privilege to be a part of what God is doing around the world. So I commend that to you, that you would go by our impact gazebo and say, hey, can I get one of those notebooks? Locally, we are seeing opportunity to impact globally through partnership with World Relief and the International Learning Center. In other words, the world is coming to us. And we have opportunity to impact globally by investing some minutes in internationals within our own city. If, again, you have any questions or any desire to take a next step on global impact, then again, locally, global, in the body, go by here, impact gazebo, and let them know what's on your heart, on your mind. A lot of stuff, right? Why did I share all that with you? Watch. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body. That's that's why I shared that. Because hopefully you heard something that said, I can take a next step as we seek to attain maturity in Christ. Would you spend some minutes out there for the ministry fair? 
follow up on any one of those opportunities that would help you grow in Christ. Let's bow together. Father, thanks for, for all the opportunities that people serving have made in this body of believers. I do pray that you would grow us up into the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I pray that we would be growing in a way that really does make a difference in the lives of others. Thanks for that privilege. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the head of our church. We look to you to be our leader in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And thanks again for coming to worship with us this morning. Really would encourage you guys, just as Doug did, to make your way out to the ministry fair. We'd love to connect with you there. Uh, There's also some kiosks under the pillars. The portico right out here, there's some pillars. Around each one is a connecting kiosk. It kind of looks like what you swipe your debit card on. If you're confused as to what a kiosk looks like, you like tap it, touch screen. It's kind of nifty. But um, would love to help you guys connect that way. Hope to see you at the beach tonight. Have a great afternoon. God bless.